I wish I would have just trusted my instinct at the time because I feel like I knew got what was going on with the housing market. I don't think I understood just how deep the problems were. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, everyone. Today's episode features a friend I've known for more than a decade and learned a lot from, and I know that you will as well. Jane King is a familiar face to so many of you because she's been anchoring local news business updates for years, first on CNN, then on Bloomberg, and now with her own entrepreneurial venture, Lila Max Media, named after her two kids, Lila and Max. Even though her official money story has to do with a real estate flop, Pay close attention to the extra story she casually slips in about launching her content syndication company, Lila Max, previously referred to, which continues to grow at a time when so many bigger content companies are struggling. She makes it seem like no big deal, but I was there. And this mompreneur is holding her own against some heavy competition. Here is Jane King. Hey, Jane King, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Bobby. And I really loved hearing your podcast over the weekend. It's great advice out there. Oh, thank you. And I love your podcast, Kaching with Jane King, and all of your entrepreneurial ventures. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, right now, I run a company called Lila Max Media. I'll just give you a little history of how this came to be. So, uh, I worked for CNN, uh, I worked for Bloomberg, and then the division that I worked for at Bloomberg in 2013, they decided to shut that down at the end of the year. So it gave us about six weeks notice, and um, another guy on my team and I decided just to take it on, and we started this company, Lila Max Media. So we do broadcast out of the NASDAQ Monday through Friday for local TV stations around the country and try to keep up everybody on this very interesting business news atmosphere that we have lately. Oh, my goodness. And many of my listeners, I'm sure, see you on their local morning news. So we love that. Right. And I have some great fill-ins like you. So <laughs> I do. You. <laughs> I do help you out. I love doing it. But let's talk about your money story because it has to do with something near and dear to my heart because... I have had a lot of financial security come my way because of real estate investments. You made a big real estate purchase. We were actually all pregnant together, us and a bunch of friends. Yes. We had our babies all at the same time back in 2007, and we all bought real estate at that time. But your story is a little bit different from the standard run-of-the-mill story. Tell us what happened. Well, I got caught up in that whole disaster, what we lived in in 2008 and 2009. So I was working as financial reporter at the time, and I just had this feeling that the housing market was overvalued. I, you know, I'd even had discussions with people. I'm like, come on, the average house is $250,000, but the average American is only making like 45, and it nothing just added up. Right. And so I logically, a- you went to buy a house. <laughs> oh. Well, here's, so here's how this all came about. So we had a friend who was moving and he said, Hey, how'd you like to buy our apartment? And I was like, Oh, I don't really want to do that. He was like, Oh, we don't have to pay commissions. And I was pregnant at the time, as you mentioned. And I thought, well, gosh, it would be good for the child to 
have a house instead of a rental for some reason, even though it kind of makes no sense. Our accountant weighed in, said the tax write-offs were great. So we bought a home. Let's see, we closed on that in March or May of 2007. So right before Max was born. Right before Max was born and almost the exact peak of the housing market. When we closed on the home, I think they're around just under like 7%, like six and a half or 6.7. Which sounds really high right now. Sounds high right now. But this was 2007. They went all the way down to three something. And we just could not take advantage of that because the home values, just the the value of it, their appraisals were coming in too low. So your equity was not high enough to refinance. That's right. And so third time's a charm. Finally got that done. And, um, of course, we paid all the fees and everything in the process. Um, so, so much for saving so much on the commission. So much for saving on the commission. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I never, you know, it was a co-op. We had trouble selling it because the co-op board was just, that's another thing. No, I, I would never buy in a co-op again. Wait, let's go back to the story. So, so okay, so you get into the apartment. First of all, you wanted to refinance just because the rates were going lower, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. But it was, was, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month difference. Oh, wow. So your payments were high, number one. So number two, then you were being rejected from refinancing because your equity relative to the value of the home was not a good enough ratio. That's right. And then number three, why then did you want to sell? Why not? Once you were able to refinance, why not just hang there? Well, because it's a co-op and you can't rent it out for more than two years. So another one of those co-op rules that you have to deal with in New York City. So we could only rent it out for two years and then we had to finally sell it because uh, we weren't mo- we had moved to a different neighborhood. We okay, moving- so why did you move then, I guess, is the question. Because you bought it in 2007. Why not just live there? Two things. So one was the apartment was up by Columbia University and they were taking over the building where my husband had a business. And so we needed to find a new location for the business. And the timing of that was right at the time when my son was entering kindergarten. And the schools in that area, of course, I was pregnant at the time, didn't even think about to ask about the schools, but the schools in that area were not good schools. And so we moved to a better district where the schools were better. My husband set up a business. And, you know, in the end, everything's better, but it's just... I don't know. I think I wish I would have just trust my instinct at the time because I feel like I knew got what was going on with the housing market. I don't think I understood just how deep the problems were, but you just got to trust your gut. We know more than we think we do. So what is the lesson for our listeners from your story? Well, I would think if you're somewhat informed about finances, trust your gut. Don't let somebody else talk you into something whether it's buying an apartment or buying a stock or buying something else, you know, whatever, I would just trust your gut and really think about it because I do think we know more instinctively than we think we do. All right, let's talk about your everyday money tip because this is very basic and yet sort of brilliant because it probably works. I mean, it (laughs) it does work for you. I think it would work for a lot of our listeners. Well, it's so easy. Anybody can do this. I pay all my bills on Saturday morning. It helps me keep all of my accounts in check. I know what the balances are. Nothing is ever paid late, so I don't have any of the late fees or anything like that. I just set them down. It's part of my morning, Saturday morning routine, along with doing the laundry and doing the dishes as I sit down and pay the bills. And it's so easy, and I think it's a great tip, and anybody can do it. You can start this Saturday. Yes, or it could be any day of the week. The point is that you have an appointment with yourself to focus on your finances. 
That's right. Saturday morning works well for me. Whatever day happens to work with you is good. It's just, I'm a creature of routine and I find that it helps me lead a more organized life. Excellent. All right. Tell us more about what's going on with your podcast, Kaching. Okay. Kaching with Jane King. It's all about kids and money. It really kind of comes from the financial crisis because I felt like people were doing irresponsible things because they didn't know. They didn't know that it was a, the housing doesn't go forever or that um, you can't spend more than you are, you know, things like this. So I just, I really decry the lack of financial education in our schools and in our society. And so I started this little podcast and um, we have some great guests on there, authors and, and people who come and, and they talk about, you know, just helping to raise kids so they're financially responsible. Ka-ching with Jane King. <laughs> All right, everyone, check it out. Thank you so much, Jane. You're the best. Thank you, Bobby. Great to see you. Hey, friends. There is a lot to take from Jane's story. The first thing, though, that strikes me is this. Financial grown-up tip number one. If you make a real estate mistake, admit it and get out. Jane did that right. Holding on to something you bought just because you bought it is not going to fix the problem. And yes, you could lose money, but holding on, you could lose even more money. You don't know. So staying put just is going to add to the pain. When we drilled down, the key problem with the apartment was that the schools weren't a fit for Jane's kids. The other issue was that her husband's business was losing its lease. So by paying the price, and it was expensive, it was painful for her. But admitting the mistake, her family was able to move to one of, if not the best, public school districts in the entire city. Her husband set up a new business in a hot neighborhood with great clientele, and they moved on, and they prospered. Digging in their heels and hoping things would just get better would have been a mistake. Financial grown-up tip number two, let's talk about Jane's business, Lilamax Media, which produces content primarily from the NASDAQ market site. So this is the bonus story that I mentioned at the top. Her previous employer, Bloomberg, was shutting down that line of business. She and her partner, Bob Morris, figured out a way to make the economics work with lower overhead as a smaller company. So instead of being out of work, Jane actually became the co-founder of a business that is going strong more than four years later. She took a terrible situation and made it into an opportunity of a lifetime. And yes, you can see me filling in for Jane. So DM me and say hi if you see me on your local news in the early hours of the morning. If you have not already, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming episodes and be in touch. On Twitter, I am at Bobby Rebel. On Instagram, at Bobby Rebel one On Facebook, at Bobby Rebel. And as I said, DM me. I love hearing your feedback on the podcast. Jane had to make some very grown-up decisions as a consequence of that against-the-gut real estate decision, but she did it, and it's a great lesson. Trust your gut, and if you find yourself having made the wrong decision, get the heck out. So thanks, Jane, for helping us get one step closer to being financial grown-ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.